guys, it's Sim and this is Brussling Unlimited as it's Monday, and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. So our tonight's Monday Night Raw does go. I really enjoyed the show. I thought the show flowed really well. We got a lot of stuff on this show, a great main event, and nothing built to Fastlane. When is the Fastlane pay-per-view? That's a good question. Fastlane 2023. Nothing built up at all for Fastlane. Fastlane is not... Fastlane's a month away. We still have... It's October 7th. We still have one, two, three. We still have four more Raws and five SmackDowns. So I kind of get why maybe there was no build for Fastlane tonight. But hopefully they start building stuff up starting next week. Maybe they announce Seth and Nakamura in a specialty match for that show or whatnot. But yeah, nothing to build up the next pay-per-view. But a good episode of Raw, in my opinion. Luke, what did you think of tonight's Monday Night Raw? I will say what I liked about this show was there's a lot of, like, good quality matches. But, like, the only thing I didn't really like is that they didn't really build a lot for Fastlane, which is fine, considering it's only a month away. But did they only announce, like, one thing for, uh, for Raw next week? Two things. Women's title match Raquel and um, Rhea and Cody Rhodes will return after not being on the show for two weeks. Okay, so we got a few things raw for Raw next week, which is which is good. I mean, I always like when they announce stuff for next week so you can get people interested. Give people like a head start of like what's gonna happen for next week's show to get you tuned in. I, I do like that. So I thought it was a good raw. Hmm. I I enjoyed it. And speaking of announcing stuff for next week, Vince isn't around right now to change it. So that's a positive. Vince is still recovering from his back surgery or whatever he had. But as far as what the, heck, what the heck did he have? I, I can't remember. I think it was back surgery, Vince McMahon. I thought it was, like, I thought it was spinal surgery. Full spinal back surgery. Um, Vince McMahon underwent a serious spinal operation on July 21st. That's what it was a spinal operation, spinal surgery, back surgery, spinal surgery. Doesn't it all kind of go together? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I thought your spinal was, was affected, like how you walked, though. Well, yeah. Also, quick little thing. It's been a while. It's been a while since I took mm. health class, so right. I don't know. Also, in the vein of WWE, and speaking of that, there's a new Kurt Angle documentary on the on Peacock. I don't know if it's on the actual WWE Network or not, because on Peacock, it's only it's under just regular Peacock, not the WWE stuff. And the first half of the documentary, all about Kurt Angle's amateur wrestling and winning the Olympic gold medal. One of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Like, the first half of this documentary could have just been that, and it would have been amazing. But then the second half, him in wrestling and his, you know, pill addiction and being married to his wife, Giovanna, and stuff, not that good, I will say. So if you want to watch it, watch the first half. The second half is meh. Things are missing. And, interestingly enough, they try to make you think that he was married to his current wife before he ever even left WWE, which is very weird because he was still married to Karen when he went to TNA in 2006, which is ultimately what led to, I don't know, she's with Jeff Jarrett now. But yeah, the first half of the Kurt Angle documentary, all about his amateur wrestling and whatnot, amazing, worth the watch. Then once you get past that and he wins the gold medal, you honestly can turn it off, but I just wanted to bring that up because I hadn't talked about it yet on stream or any reviews or podcasts or anything. So, yeah, 
Go to Peacock. It's called Angle. First half, phenomenal. Also, shout out to Campfire Studios who produced it. Yeah, I still need to watch that. I'll, I'll probably listen to it like tomorrow or something. Yeah, no, the production and the way the whole first half is done, great. Then the second half, I don't know if it's because we know that stuff so much. We've heard all the Kurt Angle stuff from him being in WWE and whatnot so often and like a lot. So maybe it's like, oh, this is nothing new. But then at the same time, there were things missing and there were things that felt out of order, especially them basically saying he was married to his current wife before, like, hold on, how? I'm going to look something up really fast. Yo, Von Angle. Because how old is Kurt Angle's current wife? She's 36. So, yeah. If she would have married Kurt, when they put it in the timeline of the documentary, I don't even think she would have been 18 yet. So, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> if we would have been illegal. 2023 minus 2019, 36 minus 19. Oh, she would have been 20. She would have been 20. Around 20. So she would have been legal. But, yeah, very interesting. The The sequence of events and how they place things in the second half of that documentary. Again, go watch the first half and then you're good. All the amateur wrestling stuff. Kurt even talking about how before he got into wrestling, he thought he was going to be a big star in football. I didn't know that. Played youth football and college or high school football and thought that's where the path he was going to go. But nope. Wrestling led him to pro wrestling. Anyways, with that, I want to remember. Say, go for it. I remember like reading something about him in football where I think it, the reason why he liked playing football so much and he thought he was going to pursue a career in it because I think his dad helped him out in football so much. And then, like, I think in high school, his dad passed away. So that's why football mm-hmm. meant so much to him. Right. His dad passed away. His dad was a construction worker and passed away after having an accident on a construction site. But, um, no, according to his brothers, Kurt played multiple sports, football, wrestling, baseball, and was, like, the best at all of them, which doesn't surprise me. Kurt Angle's a freak athlete. But yeah, every sport he played, he was the best, apparently. So, But with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below, donating Twitch bits in the live chat, or putting in a hype chat to get your comment, question, or concern highlighted and read on the air. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tier subscription, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember to head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're pre-ordering a new game like Payday 3, whether you're getting in on the Warner Brothers or PlayStation sales, claiming the free game Cave Story Plus, 
or getting stuff for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Remember, go and get into that new season of Fortnite. We're going to be streaming that a little bit later over on twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy. We get into that new season of Fortnite and put in code PWUNLIMITED in the item shop. Or ask for a creator code, whether that's on your PlayStation, your Xbox, and your Nintendo Switch, or your mobile device. But with that, as far as Monday Night Raw does go, the show itself opened up with main event Jey Uso. Michael Cole noted on commentary, and this was funny as hell. I liked this line. Michael Cole literally said on commentary, Cody Rhodes used to be an EVP. I guess he can get things done. Talking about how he's the one that, quote unquote, got Jey Uso back into WWE and got him moved to Monday Night Raw. Uso came out and talked about how he reached a breaking point fighting with his family week after week after week. He said that Cody Rhodes called him, and that's why he's on the main event show, Monday Night Raw. He says he's main event Uso. And I'm now in your city. He seemed a little off during this promo. Like, to me, he felt like, I don't know, something was just not all there. I know he stumbled a couple of words, and it just wasn't as smooth as he normally is. This then did lead to... Go for it. Maybe he was just trying too hard tonight. Maybe. Also, I'll talk about it later. Jey Uso came off like a crackhead needing to watch his back throughout this show. Like, he was trying to do some drug deals and didn't want to get caught or whatnot, especially that Adam Pierce segment. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Sami Zayn comes out and he told Uso that there were a lot of people backstage that will have a problem with him due to his past association with the bloodline, mentioning that Kevin Owens wasn't here tonight, so you don't have to worry about Kevin right now. Zayn said that he wanted to be the first to say that he's happy that Jay is here on Raw. Zayn said that Uso broke free of the bloodline and is all here is here all by himself, saying he is really main event Jay Uso. Zayn said that he was really proud of of Jay. Zayn then extended for a handshake. Uso put his hands behind his back and didn't want to go for the handshake. Zayn then said that was fine, and exited the ring. Uso then told Sammy that wasn't very Usi of him. Now was it? I don't understand what he meant by that, but. The two hugged and, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, the two hugged and got a big pop. So it's like he didn't want a handshake. He wanted a hug. So what did you think of this Jey Uso, Sami Zayn segment? I thought it was cool. You know, Sami Zayn, he's always always said, like, like, don't trust Roman and, like, Jimmy, though. Like, he's always been saying that. Now, like, Jey has finally realized that for Sami. And the one thing that's always annoyed me about this whole like Jey Uso thing is that people online kept saying that like oh like people like actually took his like statement of like saying like I'm done with WWE like people took that so seriously where people were like like oh he's going to debut in AEW he's going he's going to leave WWE for sure like no that was all storyline right i mean there are some people that most people did that as a joke there were a few that thought it was real. Like, I will say that. There were a few that thought it was real. So after all this, they made their exit. Drew McIntyre came out and had a little stare down with Uso. With announcers pushing that McIntyre wasn't really happy Jay was there. But it's like, when did Drew ever have... Well, 
No, he did have problems with the bloodline. Never mind. Clash of the Castle. My bad. Never mind. Uh, Clash of the Castle and War Games. Oh, yeah. Duh. War Games. Also, if the bloodline was still a thing, we have blood War Games perfectly set up right now if the bloodline was still a thing. Because Judgment Day said it tonight. They're the greatest faction currently going in WWE, and they're even better than the bloodline ever was. Well, heck, we could have got the bloodline versus Judgment Day for War Games this year. But there's no more bloodline. Because it could have been, what would it have been? Roman, Jimmy, Jay, Solo, Finn, Damien, Dom, JD. That could have been your your um, War Games match this year. I think instead it's going to be Judgment Day versus KO, Sami Zayn, Cody, and maybe we need two more. I don't know. You can't do you can't do um four games with just three on three. It's got to be at least four on four. But as long well, you need. I was trying to think of like that right. one more person though, like oh, maybe yeah, yeah, Riddle. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But 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 what if Cody's that one going to SmackDown? Then that wouldn't work. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Adam Pierce told Jey Uso someone's going to get moved to SmackDown. I don't think it's going to be Cody because I feel like you need to keep. How else do you get back you to Cody and Roman without having Cody win the Rumble two years in a row? Maybe. Ooh, I got it. They do Elimination Chamber number one contenders match, and they have like that sixth spot be like a mystery opponent. And then that night, it's Cody Rhodes. So you're saying whoever wins the Rumble next year is going to be a Raw wrestler and challenge Seth. Okay. Yes. Okay. Kevin Owens. Just saying. Putting that out there. <laughs> I think it might be Drew. I can see it being Drew. I can, I can really see that. That makes a lot of sense. Because uh, he won the Rumble before and then had to have the no fans WrestleMania for his, you know, big match against Brock. So maybe they can do... Him and Seth, that's his make good. Maybe it's like, it's like you kind of got screwed over when you were going to get your big push, so let's make up for it again. Yeah, I still think they're eventually going to do that with Drew. It's just a matter of time. So we got a Nakamura video that aired. He said that he may have underestimated Seth Rollins' grip on the World Heavyweight Championship, but he was the last one standing. He said that he would prevail and would be the World Heavyweight Champion. Ricochet was then talking to Adam Pierce backstage when Seth Rollins showed up. Pierce didn't like that Rollins was here, despite the beatdown Nakamura gave him after the match of payback. Which is still kind of weird that that aired or didn't air on TV and you had to see that on social media. Like they should have, because the way the show ended and like they sat there looking at Seth for like three or four minutes almost, maybe it was like two or three minutes, they easily could have aired that Nakamura beatdown on the show. But anyways, Rollins told Pierce he's fine. Ricochet told Rollins that he didn't have to carry the whole show on his back by himself. And Rollins was like, I'm fine. So. The the Ricochet stuff, I didn't understand. Like, what is Ricochet trying to do here? Trying to get his way into a shot against against Seth? I kind of think he's trying to get on Seth's good side to where he thinks Seth will be like, you know, you've been helping me out so much. How about I give you a world title match? Right. I mean, I think eventually we'll we'll get Seth versus Ricochet for the world title, in my opinion. I Probably. think that'll eventually happen. Yeah. 
So speaking of getting on people's good side, how about not getting on people's good side? Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre did not come out of this nest match as friends as it was a tornado tag team notice qualification match. The Viking Raiders against Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. The match was fine. It wasn't anything like overly special or anything. It wasn't like the main event that was fantastic, but this was a fine notice qualification match. The Viking Raiders jumped McIntyre early, but ended up dumping. They were both dumped to the floor. McIntyre hugged Riddle and then gave him a belly-to-belly over the top to the Viking Raiders on the floor. I love that spot. I think that's such a cool spot. The the whole, oh, I'm going to hug you. No, I'm not. I'm going to throw you. I like that a lot. Riddle then re-entered the ring and told McIntyre, get the tables. And McIntyre was like, how about I just knock you over instead? Get your own table. So are they really... You think there's, they're slowly building up that heel turn for Drew? He's getting more and more irritated like a heel every week. And we see it even more later. It seems like it seems like what they're doing with Drew is what a lot of people expected with Randy to riddle. True. Very true. A lot of, a lot of people expected Randy to turn on riddle, but he never did. But now they're going to do this something similar with Drew to where it's like Drew's finally going to do what Randy like should have done. So... Back from commercial break, the Vikings avoided a superplex attempt by dragging the table away from McIntyre. He quickly regained control and tried to finish Ivar with a claymore, but Eric dragged Ivar out of the ring. Both Vikings jumped McIntyre outside, but McIntyre easily regained control and threw Ivar over the announce table as Eric was given an overhead belly-to-belly. Eric then came back and splashed McIntyre as they attempted to drive McIntyre into the table, but Riddle re-entered the ring and made the save. Riddle then set up Eric on the table and went for the went to the top rope, but Valhalla distracted Riddle long enough for the Vikings to recover. This then led Kofi, uh, Kofi Kingston to come out. So this is something that I've been harping about for like three or four weeks now in both WWE and AEW. Cody go or Kofi, not Cody. Kofi goes for the trouble in paradise. And I think it was Eric moved out of the way. Could have been Ivar, doesn't matter which one. The Viking moves out of the way, and he accidentally kicks Riddle in the head. Drew then gets super pissed off. Why? He didn't kick Kofi on purpose. Drew thinks he did, because he says it later. But no, it was an accident. Riddle even knows it's an accident. But why are these people getting mad when their partner or somebody trying to help them accidentally kicks them when the opponent moves out of the way? I don't understand it. We saw it in AEW where MJF almost got mad at Cole for almost super kicking him when Kyle Fletcher moved out of the way of a super kick. We saw Soraya get mad at Tony Storm for punching her mom accidentally when um, Britt Baker moved out of the way. It's like, they did nothing wrong. It was an accident. Why are you getting so pissed? I don't get it. But then that happened here tonight. Kofi Kingston kicked Riddle in the head and laid him out. They then grabbed Kofi and long-darted Kofi at McIntyre. They then took Riddle, gave him the Ragnarok through the table, and there we go. So, yeah, it makes no sense why Drew's mad. I don't know. What do you think of the match itself? I mean, match is all right. I'm glad the Viking Raiders got the win because they desperately needed it. Right. Build them up. Build them up to go against Judgment Day for the tag titles. I should I I honestly thought that there were like going to be no brainers for like tag title contenders mm-hmm. like ever since Triple H took over because how 
because for how well they were used in NXT under Triple H, right? You would have thought like these guys would have been monsters under Triple H on the main roster, but I don't know. But yeah, I feel like they're definitely leaning towards like Drew McIntyre's Drew McIntyre's a uh, heel turn, right? Then they started and uh, go for it. And James in the YouTube chat asked me if I watched Payback last Saturday. No, I did not because I worked a football game. So um, they started doing these highlight videos, just showing photos of different intercontinental champions over the years. The first one included Booker T, Roman Reigns, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and the Honky Tonk Man. Or as Santino calls him, the Honky Tonky Mans. But um, yeah, they aired these throughout the show, multiple different packages just showing off different intercontinental champions i thought this was cool and it really made the icy title feel important i'm going to say this right here gunther and the intercontinental championship right now in my opinion this is just my sole opinion feels way more important than seth rollins with the world heavyweight championship and roman reigns with the wwe universal heavyweight championship I feel like Gunther is the most important champion right now in WWE. Honestly, if they were to say, we're taking the IC title off of Gunther and we're giving him the World Heavyweight title. We're taking the IC title off of Gunther and we're giving him the Universal title. I feel like for Gunther, that would be a step down. It's not supposed to be. But I just feel like he's done so much to bring prestige back to the IC title. To make the IC title feel important. That it feels more important than those world titles right now. And if... Eventually, they go to give him those world titles. If they don't get built back up soon or at all, yeah, keep that icy title on him. I mean, Roman's barely ever around to defend his belt. Like, when's the lot? Roman's maybe defended that title what, four times this year in nine months, maybe five times, if that. That title's just, oh, hey, we're going to put that belt on Roman just so Roman seems more powerful. And then Seth with the world title. What has really Seth done as world heavyweight champion? Not much. He fought Finn twice. Eh. It's my opinion. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I feel like if you fans are gonna like complain if you don't put a world title on Gunther, though. I feel like fans would complain no, I get that. so much. I get that, and you can do that maybe in a year or two. But if they were to say, all right. Gunther did so great with the IC title. We're going to take that title off of him in the next couple of months and then make him a challenger for the world title. I don't know about that right now because I don't feel like those world titles feel, at least to me, as important as the IC title does right now. The IC title feels like the most important belt in the company. Well, speaking of the world heavyweight champion, Seth Rollins came down to the ring. We then go to commercial. We then come back. He said that Nakamura, well, actually, we come back, and they showed the footage of Nakamura attacking him after payback. Uh, Seth then said that Nakamura did everything he said he was going to do. And there were points in the match at payback where he didn't know if he was going to be able to continue fighting. But last time he checked, and he looks down, and he goes, I still got the belt. Rollins said that even though he won, Nakamura was able to walk out of the building. Unlike him, who had to be wheeled out on a wheel, in a wheelchair by his wife. Now, here's my thing with Seth. Seth had said he's been dealing with a bad back for four years now. Why now, all of a sudden, it's flaring up and it's super bad? 
Why wasn't it bad at SummerSlam when he fought Finn Balor? Why wasn't it bad at Money in the Bank when he fought Finn Balor? Why wasn't it bad at Night of Champions when he fought, excuse me, AJ Styles? Why wasn't it bad at WrestleMania when he fought Logan Paul? All hard-hitting, high-impact, high-action matches. Why all of a sudden now, Nakamura knows about the back, so all of a sudden the back is bad. It makes no sense. But Rollins did say that he had a proposition for Nakamura. He offered him another shot at the world title because he wants revenge on Nakamura attacking him. Nakamura then came out and contemplated it and then started speaking in Japanese. And Rollins like, I'm not even going to act like I know what you said, but is that an exception? Yes or no? Are you accepting? Nakamura said, no. And Seth's like, well, then how about I right here, right now? No. Seth said something else, and he said no a third time, and then finally Seth's like, screw it, and he ran at Nakamura up the ramp, and they started fighting. The two brawled. Adam Pierce then came out with a bunch of security and broke everything up. Nakamura then targeted the back of Rollins before Ricochet would come out to the aid of the champion. Nakamura was eventually taken away by security. But they come back from commercial break, and they're in guerrilla position, Adam Pierce and Seth Rollins. Adam Pierce said that Seth Rollins, or Adam Pierce and Seth Rollins were yelling at one another. Pierce was like, you need to go. We're only here to help you and make sure you stay healthy. But going out there and wanting to fight Nakamura again, that's not in your best interest. What is in your best interest is getting out of here right now. Rollins is like, I'm fine. I can go. I want Nakamura, this and that, and blah, 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 blah. And Pierce again was just like, no, you're going to run yourself into the ground. I know what being a champion is. I know about being world champions. You're the hardest working world champion we've seen in a long time. But you're working yourself too hard. You're working too often and too hard. And Rollins is like, ah, whatever. And he storms off like he didn't want to hear it. Adam Pierce knows a thing or two about being a world champion. He's a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion holding that 10 pounds of gold. So what'd you think of the Nakamura segment and then the whole thing afterwards with Pierce telling Rollins, you're working yourself too hard? I mean, it, it was all right. It wasn't the best, I would say. Here's my question. Like, Do you think this could be a way to give Seth some time off as far as not having to work as many weekends and house shows. She'll be on Raw every week, but be like, no, 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 we need to give you a little bit of time to recover and recuperate so you're not going to be on all the Saturdays. You're not going to be on all the Sundays going forward for a little bit. I mean, maybe, but... I don't know. Well, he's been dealing with that back for years now. He said in a podcast that he's been dealing with that back for years. Yeah, so. he said it on the Logan Paul podcast, which is weird that it was a big secret that Nakamura knew. No, it wasn't. Because he said, what was it, before Mania? about the, When did he have the Logan Paul interview? Was it before their Mania match? Or was it, it was after? after. It was after, okay. But regardless, oh, it was going into SummerSlam. It was going into SummerSlam. Yeah. Regardless. We've known for like a month and a half about this back issue. It's not that big of a secret. All of a sudden, Nakamura found out, and Nakamura's got the upper hand. Well, he still didn't have the upper hand. I don't know. The whole back thing's kind of weird in storyline. But then we go back to the ring, and it's Ricochet for Shinsuke Nakamura. Average TV match with a very predictable dumb finish. They wrestled a few minutes for Nakamura gained control. 
with a suplex off the top rope. After a commercial break, Ricochet gained control as Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley looked on from backstage. Kind of interesting. I'm like, why are they watching? We finally realized why, but why at first doesn't make any sense. Why would they watch a Nakamura Ricochet match if they're really just watching to see Seth get beat up? I don't know. Anyways, Ricochet hit a standing shooting star press and then went for a 450 off the top rope, but Nakamura dodged out of the way. Ricochet then hit a recoil and got a near fall off of it. Nakamura cut off Ricochet with a knee, but Ricochet cut Nakamura off quickly and hit a running senton off the apron to the floor. Nakamura dodged it. They fought near the barricade where Nakamura hit Ricochet with a steel chair and caused a disqualification. Cool. After the match, Nakamura wrapped the steel chair around Nick Ricochet's neck, but Seth Rollins would run out to make the save. He threw out security, who attempted to stop him. Rollins then lunged after uh, Nakamura. He hit a big toe pay to the outside, knocking down Nakamura. However, Nakamura quickly recovered and drove Rollins back first into the steel steps. Ricochet tried to come in. He tried to hit him with a chair, missed as Nakamura got out of the way. And there we go. So, yeah. Then they go to the back again. Priest and Rhea are watching. Priest, like, looking at his briefcase, like, oh, Seth's hurt. Should I go? And Rhea's like, not yet. Not right now. You'll have your opportunity. It, it's not time. So it's like, do I cash in? Do I cash mm, We're not doing that yet. So I get why they would show them seeing Seth hurt at the end. But why would they care about watching a Nakamura ricochet match? That makes no sense. What do you think of all of this? I mean, yeah, the match was very average. Literally, I don't know what they're going to do with Ricochet in this. The only only thing that I think of that they're going to do with Ricochet is that Ricochet is going to try so hard to get on Seth's good side or Seth's going to give him a world title match. That's the only thing I can think of. Maybe. Either that or because this match ended in a DQ, they do some big number one contenders match next week or the following week with Nakamura. And, um, well, no, that wouldn't even make sense. Why would they need to do a number one contenders match with Nakamura and... Ricochet, if Seth is already agreeing and wanting to give Nakamura another shot. So, because I thought maybe that's what they can do with Ricochet, number one contenders match or something. But we don't even need that if Seth's the one that wants to fight Nakamura with a title on the line. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, they then showed footage of Zoe Stark turning on Trish Stratus after the steel cage match at Payback. In a promo backstage, Stark said that she has a lot of respect for Trish. But nobody pushes Zoe Stark around. Tina Bezo then confronted Stark and was like, I like where you're going. I like what you got right now. Too bad you didn't have that a couple weeks ago when we fought. How about we have a match tonight? And the two agreed to fight tonight. Judgment Day then came to the ring. Dominic Mysterio started to talk and was drowned out by boos. But here's my question. Were these fake boos? Do you think they were fake boos? It sounded like it a little bit. Because we've seen in the past, when Dominic gets booed, he just stops talking. He just reacts, looks around, and stops. But the last two weeks that they've done this with Dom, he just keeps talking like it's nothing. Not like, oh, because we've seen in the past also, he tries to talk over the boos. None of that tonight or the last time they did this. It felt like they were piped in booze. But regardless. I mean, it's either that or like 
they're going the route of like Dominic is just so used to like the booze now where he'll just talk over it like he doesn't care. Maybe, but it was just weird because like it piped it sounded like piped in booze. Dom would finish whatever he was gonna say, and then he looked around like you're booing me. So I don't know. I'd like to get a someone's perspective that was there live if anyone knows. I'm not sure. Um what was I go? He talked over the booze. He put over everybody having titles now in Judgment Day. Fowler congratulated Dominic on joining Judgment Day one year ago. He thanked Ripley for being a voice of reason and put over Priest for their title win on Saturday. He said he also has to pay respects to J.D. McDonough. Because without that, without the help of everybody, he would not be Grand Slam Finn. Ripley then said that Saturday proved that Finn and Priest really were brothers, and they, together, were family. Ripley said that she was upset, however, that everyone's talking about Jey Uso coming to Raw and not the Judgment Day. She said as far as she's concerned, the bloodline has fallen and the Judgment Day has risen as the most dominant faction in WWE. Priest started to talk when out would come JD McDonough with a black bag. Priest didn't like the uh, like this at all. He's literally, JD's music hits. They show JD walk out. They cut back to the ring and Priest grabs the mic and is like, ah, dang it, and he throws the mic down all pissed off. I loved that. So JD, yeah, that twice. Yeah, so JD said, changes need to happen in Judgment Day. He says, Priest, you need to get rid of that briefcase. And he's like, excuse me, what? He's like, because I got a new one for you. And he gives him a shitty-looking purple briefcase with like a stencil sticker on it that says, Senor. Cool. You can buy this on shop for $74.99 now. What do you think of the new briefcase before we get going to the Sammy stuff? I thought it was a very lazy design. Yes, they could have done something better, not just made it purple and silver with a weird stencil. They should have added, like, the Judgment Day wings or something. Right. And then maybe put, like, Damien Senior... Damien Priest or something. Take your money away. Or they could have made it super specific to Damien and had the Puerto Rican flag on it. True. But, but well, then some would have probably associated that with the LWO because they had the LWO Puerto Rico shirts. So I don't know. Well, J.D. McDonough, he actually said, like, you don't need, like, you should get rid of that briefcase because you already got all, all the gold. Right. But he here's does. a new one for you. He doesn't have a world title yet, though. So Sami Zayn comes out and Priest gets mad again. He said that he knows Kevin isn't here, but he did really think we were just, did they really think he was just going to let this all slide, that they lost their titles on Saturday and it took five people to beat them. He said he, he doesn't see five champions in the ring. He sees five championship stealing, five championship stealing turds. He called Mysterio the biggest turd of them all. Zayn then challenged Mysterio to a match. Did he also say something about their asses? I think he said something about their opening their asses or whatever. Can't remember exactly. I saw someone tweet didn't about mean, it. Didn't you mean JD McDonough? You kept saying Mysterio. Did I? Oh yeah, I got those two mixed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. JD McDonough. My bad. Um. So yeah, the match was accepted. You know, JD still wants to prove himself to the Judgment Day. He's already proven himself to Finn, for the most part, but he also still needs to prove himself to the rest of Judgment Day. But hold on, I saw somebody tweet earlier. He said something about asses. Hold on. 
I'm going to find that tweet really fast. Yeah. Sammy said something along the lines of, I'm so glad you opened your ass. Like, what? What? Yeah. So we had more... Uh, Why? <laughs> we had more uh, highlights of Intercontinental Champions. This one showed Pedro Morales, the Ultimate Warrior, Razor Ramon, rest in peace, The Rock, Rey Mysterio, Wade Barrett, and Seth freaking Rollins. Didn't they, didn't they show Tino Santana in that one as well? I think he was in the third one. Yeah, because he, he, was, he was in the third one with Macho Man, I believe. I freaking love Tino Santana. Hmm. He was great. So then we go to the back and Gunther cuts a promo. He asks Gable, who do you think you are? Someone like Gable does not belong in the history books, but someone like him does. His legacy will be forever. And after the final bell rings tonight, Gunther will stand tall as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in all of history. Raquel Rodriguez was then seen with Adam Pierce. They were talking about something. And she's like, you're going to announce that tonight, right? We're going to get that made and set and everything good. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She walks out. Chelsea walks in. Then, freaking Anna Pierce says, yeah, I already know. Piper's, quote, not medically cleared. There's a few things to look at here. Those freaking women's tag titles are cursed. Now, Adam Pierce used his words or chose his words wisely. He did not state that Piper is injured or hurt. He said, not medically cleared, which means she could be sick. I don't know, but it's interesting that someone gets them women's tag titles and then something bad happens to them. It's been injuries so far, but we don't know exactly what's going on with Piper. Piper is, quote, not medically cleared and could not be on Raw tonight, which is very, very weird. Very interesting. And they gave no other context to that whatsoever. So we don't know exactly what it is yet. And if we do hear anything, we will let you guys know. So I mean, Chelsea, she's, go for it. If she's sick, then there's no need to like relinquish the belts. But if she's actually injured, then I just feel so bad for Chelsea. Well, it depends on the injury. If it's like Kevin Owens where he had the rib thing that wasn't that bad and just give him a couple weeks off, we're good to go. That's one thing. But if it's a long-term injury, like Sonya Deville, who needed surgery, different story. So, Green was talking about how much of a loser Raquel was when Raquel walked back in. Pierce then said, you know what? You, you two are going to have a match tonight. Chelsea was kind of mad about it. Then, we had Shayna Baszler versus Zoe Stark. Baszler targeted, Zark, uh, targeted Stark's arm early on, and the crowd was pretty dead for most of this. Baszler went for a careful clutch, but Stark's escaped. The two ended up on the outside, where Baszler went for the clutch again, but Stark shoved uh, Baszler back into the announce table, back first into the announce table, and leapt off it with the plancha to the floor. Following a commercial break, Starks came back to the German suplex. Starks then went for what looked like to be a Z360, but didn't get it due to her hand not... I don't know. It looks kind of weird. The crowd then didn't seem interested anymore than they were at the beginning of this match. 
and Baszler ended up catching Starks in the Karafuda clutch. Stark attempted to fight off the submission, getting back to her feet at one point. But after about a minute, finally kind of scrambling around, she succumbed to the Karafuda clutch and lost. After the match, Starks did get back up to her feet. Baszler seemed to respect it, gave her a fist bump. So yeah, show of respect. I don't know if this is leading to just, hey, I respect you, you respect me, cool, we had a match. Or are they going to team Zoe and, and Shayna together? Make them a tag team. I can see it. Like, I really can. I mean, would it be a good fit, though? I don't know. I, wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. But I kind of want to see what Zoe can do on her own. They did the whole Trish stuff when they brought her up to SmackDown, or to Raw, from NXT. Now let's see her on her own. I don't want her paired with somebody else already. Uh, someone in the Twitch chat said the Kabuki Warriors curse. What was that? I don't, I don't know what they're referring to. Okay, so people keep... Mm, Kyrie wasn't hurt. They storyline hurt Kyrie so she can leave. She can go back to Japan. If I'm thinking correctly, people always thought that Kyrie saying, was, well, Naya did kind of hurt Kyrie. That wasn't... Mm, Naya did hurt Kyrie. When they were the champions. But ultimately when she got taken out by Bailey and Sasha. That was because they were writing her off the television. So she can leave the company and go back to Japan. If I'm thinking correctly. Um, so we go backstage. We got Judgment Day. Finn said maybe it's finally time to make JD part of JD. Priest said that he needs to prove himself still. And Balor's like, I get that. I, I can see where you're coming from. Well, maybe his match with, with Sammy tonight can do so. But we go check it out. Mysterio, or they then asked the others, and Rhea didn't say anything. And Mysterio's like, eh, I'm cool whatever you guys want. So, Sammy, or not Sammy, um, Dom goes to sit up, get up with Damien and Finn. Mommy then pulls them back down, and she's like, you know what you got to do right now? Make sure everything goes according to plan. He's like, I got it. Make sure JD wins. That's what happened. He made sure JD won. I don't know. So then we had... Do you, actually, go for it. do you actually feel like JD like, would eventually join the Judgment Day? Yes. I do think he's going to eventually join. You know what I can honestly see happening? I think they I know, do like I think you're JD. Say. They do like JD what they did with like Sammy and the Bloodline. Ooh, no, I wouldn't rehash that. That worked too well because of Sammy. I don't think that can work again. Are you, you don't really want to see JD versus Finn at Mania? No, because I don't think that's the route it would go. Because Finn, if, if, <clears throat> so if we're trying to make it like the bloodline stuff, Roman never wanted Sammy in the group. He just obliged because Sammy was helping. Finn wants JD in the group. Finn likes JD. Roman never fully liked Sammy, so it's not quite the same when you think about it. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, like, didn't Jimmy and Jay also want Sammy, though? Because, like, Jimmy, I, I know Jimmy, Jimmy liked Sammy. Jimmy did it first, and then Jay kind of came around to it. Jimmy, Jimmy did, and then Jay didn't, and then Jimmy didn't, and Jay did. I don't know. That stuff got so convoluted. It was good in real time watching it, but eventually, when you look back at it, you go, man, that's a lot of bullshit that happened there that kind of didn't make a lot of sense. 
like at first it seemed like a joke, but then like once right. the, like Sammy started like being more like a goof and people liked it, that's what made it so popular. Exactly. Honorary oos. But anyways, we go forward. We got Raquel Rodriguez versus Chelsea Green. Kept it short and sweet. Chelsea basically got ragdolled. Green attempted to run away, but Rodriguez attacked her and ragdolled her. Rodriguez connected with a boot and a follow-away slam. Green cut, um, briefly cut off Raquel and went for a crossbody, but Raquel, Raquel grabbed her, gave her a clothesline, and pinned her after a Tejano bomb. So there we go. Raquel beats Chelsea. Then, after the match, Raquel grabs a mic and said, I talked to Adam Pierce." And not only am I getting another shot at the women's champion, Rhea Ripley, but Dominic Mysterio will be barred from ringside. And this match will be happening next week. So, the big match that they're planning to go up against the first Monday night football game of the year, the first Monday night football of the regular season, Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley. People didn't like the match of payback, why are they going to care next week? I don't know. Are you interested? I'm I mean, not. not really. Yeah. The whole thing. Well, here's what I don't like. I mean, they're going the route of like Dom's banned from ringside, but not Finn and Damien. So they could still technically or JD like JD could interfere. I thought about that. What about the other members of Judgment Day? Yep. Oh, I can honestly see just JD just interfering and try to get on Rhea's good side because I think Rhea's still like it, not fully on board with JD. Right. I think I think Damien's starting to get on on his good side, but Rhea's little bit. not. A little bit because they won the titles. Oh, we got another Intercontinental Title Championship video. This one had so I'm looking at it. Don Morocco was in the fourth video. The fourth and final one. This third one had Don Morocco, Mr. Perfect. Bret Hart, Eddie Guerrero, Kofi Kingston, and Cody Rhodes. So they showed Chad Gable in the back. He said he's already in the history books for being a former Olympian, and he's got his master's degree. Tonight, he'll prove that he and his crew and his family, or no, he said he will prove with his crew and his family in the front row that he's more than just a tag team specialist, that the world's going to see what he's all about. He said that nothing compared to his desire and want to take the Intercontinental Championship. Then, Drew McIntyre pissed off storming up backstage looking for Kofi. He's asking people, you've seen Kofi? You've seen Kofi? And he finally runs in to Riddle. And Riddle tries to calm him down. Kofi approaches and was like, hey, it was an accident. It was an accident. He's like, sure it was. Sure it was an accident. After what I did to, to Woods, I, I really don't think it was an accident. McIntyre said that if Jey Uso gets his way, though, McIntyre will deal with the person who brought him here, Cody Rhodes. I don't know what that's all about. I guess he just doesn't like Jay. But yeah, McIntyre said something about, um, hopefully we don't see any more accidents in the future to Kobe Kingston. It's, I think it's still going to lead to Potential heel turn for Drew. Right. I think it's what... Ooh, here's how I do it. Have him... I just beat the crap out of Kofi, and then Riddle's like, what the heck are you doing? And then he gets mad at, like, Riddle for, like, trying to help Kofi. I can see that. I can see that. So then we go forward. 
and have one hell of a Miz TV segment. I thought this was very creative. So, Miz is they in the ring. They should have done this a long time ago. Right? I don't know why they, did, they didn't do this a long time ago. People, like, already make the jokes of, like, Cena's right here, you can't see him. Right. Like, they should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> why didn't they? And they're doing it just now? Like, come on. So what Miz, are we doing here? So Miz comes down to the ring and says, I didn't lose to LA Knight at Payback. I was victimized. He then says, and because of that, we're going to talk to my guest. He is what they call the greatest of all time, John Cena. Music plays. Crowd starts to rise to their feet. They're kind of skeptical, though. You can tell. Camera's up at the ramp. Camera's there. Camera's there. Camera's waiting. Stu knew knew the plan, though. He then runs to the side of the stage, just like Cena would do, runs back to the middle, keeps the camera right there, keeps the camera right there, before swooping around and running down to the ring as if he is following John Cena, but you can't see him. Miz then welcomes John Cena and asks him to have a seat. I will say, I didn't know like they were trying to make it seem like that. I, th- I thought at first they were trying to like, Go like to the side of the entrance thing to like well, actually see, yeah. find Cena. That's what I thought at first too. I'm like, oh, did Cena gonna come out the side for some reason? But then I got it when they ran down the ramp. I was like, oh, I get what they're doing here. Once he like did the swoop because he did the exact same camera swoop he does every time. Cena shows the the towel, does the salute, and then he with Cena swoops and then runs. So I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. So after. Um, talking to Invisible Cena for a while. Miz asked if, wait, can you guys see him? Can you not see him? What's going on? Never in the crowd responded, no. Actually, they're even a better part before this. So Cena is supposed to be sitting in one chair. Miz is in another. And Miz is asking questions, and the crowd keeps going, yeah, yeah. And finally, the Miz goes, no, 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 no. I don't like that word. How about instead you say yes? And they're like, yes. Yes, and he's like, never mind. I don't like that word either. How about you guys just nod when I ask something? I laughed so hard. That was so great. And so eventually he asked if they see Cena. And he's like, you know, I haven't just seen Cena for the last 18 years. I've seen through Cena and who he really is. Are they really building up Cena versus The Miz? That's what it sounds like. But everyone in the crowd responded. It's got to be. Everyone in the crowd responded, no, they can't see Cena. He then asked the invisible chair if he screwed him in the match with LA Knight and if LA Knight paid him to do so. Miz then kind of waited for a response. And I guess the chair said yes because the Miz was like, I knew it. Miz then asked the invisible Cena to leave. Miz then slapped the invisible Cena, grabbed him, and gave him a skull-crushing finale. What is this, a Kota Ibushi match? Kota Ibushi wrestling a doll, so Miz has got to wrestle an invisible man. Who was it? There was somebody last year in... Well, we've seen the invisible man in GCW. That's not a Joey new Jill thing. versus invisible man. Yes. And there was invisible man versus invisible Stan. Yes. And we've seen the invisible yeah. man eliminate people in battle royals in GCW as well. So anyway. how they made it for, like, 
I think for Joey Janelle, they kind of had the ref like put on fake blood on a towel to make it seem mm-hmm. like the Invisible Man was actually bleeding. Yep. Anyways, he gives him a skull crushing finale, and he sends him on his way after mentioning that time he had with John Cena headlining WrestleMania 13 years ago. And he challenged LA Knight to a one-on-one match with just them and no special referees. This is a treasure. I'm just going to say that right now. This was way better than it had any right to be. This segment was fantastic. Thank you, Miz. Miz is never afraid to embarrass himself. Like, you can have him. Why do you you think- can have him be like the most ridiculous stuff and he'll go like, all right, I'll make the best of it. Like, why do you think Vince liked him so much? Yeah. Why do you think this man still got a job at 40 something years old? Because he will do anything. He's not afraid to make himself look dumb. He's not afraid of certain spots like other people may be. Oh, I don't want to do that big high spot or I don't want to do this or ah, that's not going to No. You say, hey, Ms. Mike, this is what we want you to do. And he just goes, all right. Any specific way? <laughs> Basically. This man like you, is great. People give Miz shit like, all the time. I think Miz is, I love the Miz, to be honest. He's one of my favorite. If I had to give you my top 10 current right now, Miz would probably be in it. I think people still give him crap because, like, his in-ring work is not as good as a lot of other wrestlers. True, but from an entertainment standpoint, Miz is great. Like, like even watch him on Miz's Misses, he's not afraid to embarrass himself. Oh, yeah. So we go to the back. Jay Uso's walking around like a drug dealer. Like, he's looking like, what's going on? Like, he's about to make some stuff go down. Like, this is when we got crackhead Jay Uso. So he's walking around, and he walks up to Akira Tozawa. He looks at him, and Tozawa's just like, okay. Walks off. He then meets with Adam Pierce. He's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? Yeah. I'm like, man, I've seen some drug deals go down in my day, and this looks like a drug deal about to go down. He said, um, Adam Pierce, that is, said that as a result of you coming over to Monday Night Raw, well, somebody needs to move to SmackDown. He said, higher-ups have informed me of this, that a future trade will be happening, and as a result, there may be some people here on Raw who are already upset that you're here that may be even more mad when this person gets traded. Didn't say who it was. Didn't say when this trade is going to happen. And Jay's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, this man's coming off like a big-ass crackhead. Like, drug dealer, all, all the things. Weird, very weird. But Jay walks off. Ciampa then appears. And Pierce is at his office or whatever, about to go in, and Ciampa's just like, Adam, so is uh, this a good time to talk? And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? And they walk into Pierce's office, and that's the last we see of it. I have no clue what this can lead to. Is Ciampa the one getting moved to SmackDown? Is Ciampa going to talk to Adam Pierce about Johnny Gargano? Or does he want something else? Maybe another match with Bronson Reed? I don't know. What is this Ciampa stuff? That came out of left field nowhere. I feel like if you're going to move him to SmackDown, you're going to have to move like Johnny, Candice, Indy, and Dexter to SmackDown as well. Maybe, maybe not. I don't think he's the one. I think it's Cody. I honestly do think it's Cody Rhodes. And in the end, this was all an elaborate scheme by Cody Rhodes to get himself to SmackDown. Hey, I'm going to figure out a way to get somebody traded to Raw and in turn, me traded to SmackDown so then I can be on SmackDown with one Roman Reigns and then eventually be able to challenge him for the WWE 
Universal Heavyweight Championship. I think that's what we're going to figure out in the long game. And Cody is going to be on Raw next week. Maybe he's on Raw next week to announce, by the way, this is my last Raw for a while. I'm moving to Fridays. Just a prediction? I, like I don't know, though. I've, I think if that's the way to go, I feel like it would be too early to move Cody, Cody no. to SmackDown. Because what else is Cody doing on Raw? Nothing. He's fought the Judgment Day. He's beat them. He's got nothing else to do. He's not going to go after Seth because he doesn't want Seth's belt. He's said it. Seth is doing great things as the world champion, but that's not the belt I want. That's not completing the story. It's Roman. So what if he used his EVP brain, his executive brain, to figure out a way to play 4D chess and loop, jump hoops over everybody to get himself to SmackDown? It's possible. Uh. King Mundo in the YouTube chat says, what happened to Dexter? I th- he's doing some, he did some acting for a little while. Yeah, he was on Tacoma HD. Or FD or whatever it's called. Tacoma FD. Yeah, that, that clip went viral. People are now saying like, now we know what he f- officially sounds like. Have you not watched Impact or the NWA? He talked in both of those companies. He even talked in his wedding with Indy Hartwell in, in true. NXT. That's true. So I don't know why people are freaking out about it. So as we move forward, we had J.D. McDonough versus Sami Zayn. I like this match. I thought it was really good. These two worked really well together. Not the first we've seen it, but Sami was limited in the other match because he was selling the elbow thing. This one was just straight up, kind of. Not really. Dom didn't get involved. So for the first two minutes, they just wrestled. And McDonough went to the outside and posted Zayn before going to commercial break. Back from the break, Zayn fought out of a rest hold and laid out McDonough with a clothesline. Zayn then hit a Michinoku driver for a near fall. Zayn at one point gave uh, McDonough an exploder into the ring post. As he went for the Haluva kick, Dominic pulled him out of uh, pulled JD out of the ring. Zayn then got pissed off at this and went on the offense and attacked uh, Dominic. But the numbers game soon played into it as Mysterio distracted Zayn long enough for JD to come up grab Sammy, throw him back in the ring, and roll him up to pick up the victory. So J.D. McDonough does defeat Sammy Zayn. <clears throat> After the match, Zayn would then attack Mysterio. He was going to go for a haluva kick, and J.D. pulled uh, Dom out of the ring and was like, go, run, get out of here. And J.D. took the beating for, for Dom, which is very interesting, trying to show some loyalty to members of the Judgment Day. I also liked... On commentary, so JD saves Dom. Dom then runs away. JD takes the beat down, and I think it was Wade. Was no, it was Cole that was like, "So JD's gonna save Dominic, but Dominic's not gonna repay the favor." Nope. Dominic honestly played that role of a scared little boy who someone saved him, but he's too afraid to like <clears throat> help them. Yep, help the other person. I liked it. You think I, I mean, which is which is good. I mean, that's kind of his character, though. Right. Then we got a video here from Payback that basically showed Tiffany Stratton approaching Becky Lynch. Becky then teased that she's going to be on NXT tomorrow as Stratton will be defending the Women's Championship against Kiana James. Wholeheartedly think Becky's showing up tomorrow after Tiffany wins. Then we Becky got versus Tiffany for the NXT Women's Championship. Yep. You think Becky wins? 
No. I don't think it's the, the right time to take the title off of um, Tiffany yet. Unless this is going to lead to Tiffany coming to the main roster, then no. Unless Tiffany loses and immediately gets brought up, she should stay in NXT with the belt. I mean, what they can do is you can have her lose and then maybe like Becky defends at, at an NXT premium live event, maybe like a triple threat. Have like Tiffany pin someone else, not Becky, so you can maybe get Becky like seem strong. I don't mind that because I'm going if everything if if you know if everything goes according to plan I'm going to no mercy so I wouldn't mind that and like think about WWE it's proven that having main roster stars in NXT is has always proven to be well for WWE in the ratings very true so so I'll say I wouldn't mind it Uh, we then get our final. I guess you could say Hall of Champions video for the Intercontinental title. This one showed Randy Savage, Tito Santana, Triple H, Edge, The Miz, and Bobby Lashley. Then we got an interesting segment. More crackhead Jey Uso. So Judgment Day is backstage. And Dom was like, hey, I got to take care of something really fast. And he breaks off from them. We then just randomly see Jey Uso standing, looking at a wall or whatever. I don't know what the hell he's doing. The damn crackhead. And um, Dominic comes up to him and was like, hey, I just want to, you know, in, welcome you here to the Monday Night Raw roster or whatever. He goes, and I understand where you're coming from. We both come from broken families. We both have Hall of Fame fathers. When I needed them, Judgment Day was there for me, and I think they can be there for you as well if you need them. Mysterio told him, just think about it. You don't have to give me an answer right now or anything but just know the judgment day is here they will welcome you as they did with, to me with open arms what the what when are we getting Jay and Finn or Jay and Damien or Jay, why are they doing this made no sense Dom's now recruiting and recruiting Jay I don't get that at all <clears throat> yeah yeah, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> it's made no sense. And Jay's still, like, crackhead Jay just looking around like, like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm, right, I get it. Uh, yep, like, come on. Uh, screw main event Jay Uso. This man, crackhead Jay Uso. <clears throat> I feel like the route they're going with Jay is that Jay is, like, trying to watch his surroundings because after, like, Jimmy portrayed him, he's now has to, like, watch his back more often. Well, because they, they told him earlier in the show, like Sammy said it and Priest said it. People here on Raw don't like you because of things you did with the bloodline. So he thinks he's got to watch his back because someone's going to want to take him out or something. So he's one of those nervous, paranoid crackheads. Trust me. I got a family of crackheads. I know how crackheads work. Then go to our main event match. Intercontinental Championship on the line is Gunta against Chad Gable. Boy, this match was awesome. This match was great. They showed Chad Gable's family in the front row. Two little girls. And yeah, so first few minutes of the match, just going. They're slowly building. And I liked the story they told in this match. They didn't just go full balls out early. They built it up and built it up. So we go the first couple of minutes. They're having a good technical match, and we go to commercial break. 
we see G Gable holding on to Gunther's leg on the outside, working on the leg until Gunther cut him off. Gunther took Gable down with a huge chop. Gable then attempted some of his own, but Gunther mowed him down with yet another big chop. Eventually, like this side of Chad's chest, purple. After another commercial break, Gable attempted to go after Gunther's leg again, but Gunther lifted him up for a powerbomb, but both ended up tumbling to the floor. Gable then planted Gunther with a German suplex. He threw Gunther back into the ring, but when Gable got in the ring, Gunther struck him and hit him with a powerbomb for a near fall. Gable then hit a superplex, then followed this up with a flying headbutt for yet another near fall. Gable went for an ankle lock, but Gunther escaped. Gable tried for the Chaos Theory German suplex, but Gunther escaped again. Gable then hit a back suplex and connected with the Chaos Theory this time, but only got a two off of it. Very close near fall. Gable went for a moonsault, realized that Gunther got his legs up, so he over-rotates the moonsault, lands on his lay, on his feet, and boom, transitions right into an ankle lock. This was very, very good. Because usually we see, like, the stupid spot of they do the, the moonsault, they land on their feet, they get kicked in the head. It's like, okay, why, why are you going to over-rotate like that in re all reality? But I liked the way they did it this time because Gable over-rotates, seeing that Gunther's moving too much. And so when he over-rotates, he immediately rotates, lands on his feet, transitions right into an ankle lock. This was so good. The transition here was great. After struggling briefly, though, Gunther caught Gable in a sleeper when he got out of the ankle lock. Gable then shifted his weight and planted his feet on the floor, pinning Gunther's shoulders for another two count. Gunther then hit a sleeper suplex, a powerbomb, and then blasted him with a clothesline from hell better than JBL's ever done it and pinned him to retain the Intercontinental Championship. I would not be opposed to that clothesline being Gunther's new finisher. Afterwards, we see Gable's kids crying at ringside. Michael Cole stated that this now solidifies that Gunther will break the Honky Tonk Man's record after 35 years. And the show goes off the air with Gunther leaving, Chad Gable's kids crying, and Gable in the middle of the ring on his knees going, man, I was just so close. I was that close. Very dejected. So yeah, I thought this was a great Final, what, 40 minutes of the show? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it, too. I, I honestly liked how, how they had the kids cry to make it seem so real. Well, it was real. They didn't tell those kids to cry. I don't think you can. Those kids aren't actors, so I doubt they can cry on command like that. They were really crying because their daddy lost. But with that... That is everything that did take place tonight on Monday Night Raw. As we stated earlier, two things were announced for next week's show. We do know that the Women's World Championship will be on the line when Rhea Ripley defends against Raquel Rodriguez, and they state Cody Rhodes will return. Turn. Let me go for two weeks. That ain't a freaking return. Whatever. But regardless, those are the only two things that were announced for next week's show. But with that, let's check the polls now. I liked it. it right. far as the polls do go get those here on the screen refresh them as far as the twitter poll does go uh 65% liked tonight's raw 22% thought it was just all right and 11% did not like it looking over at the youtube community poll 
74% liked the show, 19% thought it was just all right, and 7% did not like it. Some of the comments here says, I loved it. First says, the main event was 10 out of 10. Best match of the night. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I like this one. It says, Dragunov should repeat history. And after Gunther breaks the record, he beats Gunther for the title. In theory, I like where you're coming from. But I still don't think Dragunov's ready for the main roster. I just don't see his gimmick and his character and whatever getting over well with the main roster crowd. NXT crowd? Oh, yeah. That's an NXT character through and through. Main roster? I don't see it. I still think he's too one-dimensional. <clears throat> I mean, that's what a lot of people keep saying. A lot of people keep saying that, like, if there's anyone that should take the belt off Gunther, it should be Dragunov because everybody wants to see Dragunov repeat history. But I agree with you. He needs more, a little bit more character development. His in-ring work oh, is amazing. Yeah. Perfect for main roster. But, I mean, he's like a little bit more. Like, like not it, a lot, but a little bit. Him coming down for his entrance doing the conductor thing, I think is not going to work on the main roster. It's just, it's goofy. I mean, um, you never know. I mean, Sami Zayn was goofy with the bloodline. People liked it. That's a different goofy. This man ain't a real music conductor. What kind of music is he conducting? Beethoven? Anyways, uh, this word says, only thing I liked was the opener, J.D. McDonough winning. How's that the only thing? That's a lot of things, bud. Anyways, this word says, I liked it. I was still the Judgment Day show. It was still a Judgment Day show. True. Looking at the YouTube live poll, 74% liked the show, 25% thought it was just all right, and 2% did not like it. And finally, the Twitch poll, everybody that voted liked the show with that guys that is going to wrap everything up here i want to say thank you for joining us here twitch.tv forward slash pw unlimited youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify google pod apple pod anchor iHeartRadio, and so much more in just a little bit i'm going to be live twitch.tv forward slash timmy buddy playing some video games might play some Fortnite. might play some disney Speedstorm if i can get my playstation to want to connect properly to the computer but We'll figure that all out. We're going to stream some games a little bit later. Again, twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. But Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petty underscore 21. And Eagles will find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petkey. With that also programming note, Friday or Wednesday, there's not going to be a review after AEW Dynamite because my son's football team has their um, start of the season like banquet dinner thing. So I got to go to that. So I'm thinking I'll do the AEW Dynamite review Thursday morning. Still up in the air exactly when I'm going to do that. But just know, guys, Wednesday evening, there will not be an uh, AEW Dynamite review. But then I'll be back Friday with all that stuff. So I'll play it by ear, and I will guys let you, I'll let you guys know on Twitter and the YouTube community poll when the AEW Dynamite review will be happening. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great next year week. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.